Thank you, John. Lovely to be here and just a few words of greeting. I'm trying to think of all the associations we've got with this church. Well, back in the day, we were youth pastors at Alteringham Baptist Church, ABC, and we had Peter and Mary Brandon's girls in that youth group with us. That's correct, isn't it? Yes. Uh, I, I know... I know we don't look old enough, but that, that's the case. And then um, greetings as well from uh, my, ch- my latest church, the church where we attend now. I've been going for 22 years, actually, which used to be called Ivy Cottage, is now called Ivy Manchester. And a girl there attending there, Ruth Patton, her brother comes to this church, Mark Instone. Is that correct? <laughs> is that definitely not right? Yes, <laughs> he's denying it. Um, our friend of ours from when we were at the Church of the Nazarene, Joanna Bolton, her brother comes here. He greeted us at the door when we walked in. And very good friends, Nick and, Nick, Nick and Nicola Gerard. Nicola was saved us actually one time when we were leading a small church plant of Ivy. And we had a worship team. Let me just say they weren't as gifted as the worship team that we've had today. And we prayed in some gifted musicians and Nicola came along and saved us. And Wendy remembers that as well and really lifted the worship and ministered. And then she met Nick and they got married. So we've got quite a few. (laughs) And then it all went to pot. (laughs) No, no. Sorry, I, I'm, I've got, uh, there's somebody in my church that says they're going to write a book on me one day, Deborah's one-line clangers, because I come out with things all the time. I don't mean it, I just sort of deliberately, uh, um, uh, no, accidentally say <laughs> I'm going to get Frank up in a minute to rescue this situation. Anyway, uh, the most important thing as well to say bringing it right up to date is I want to say a big thank you to you, Lynn Baptist Church, because I don't know whether you know it or not, but you've just recently become a partner with Redeeming Our Communities, which is our charity, Rock, and you kindly sent us a gift. Thank you for your generosity, and we hope that this partnership will grow and flourish, and as Sheila was saying before, as you're looking at lots of different ways to Bless this community of Lim. We hope that we might be able to inspire you with some ideas today. Have got Wendy with me. Give us a wave, Wendy. Wendy's going to pass around a clipboard for anybody that would like to receive our newsletter. It is free. It's called Rock Your World. It's about UK, It's about ideas that are happening across the UK. Small ideas, bigger ideas. Some of you will already be on the mailing list, so just pass it on. But if you want to hear other people's inspirational stories about community outreach, do get hold of that. Also, we've got a stand in the tea and coffee area where we've got some resources. We've got... Um, some flyers which just tells you about various different things that we do as a charity and we've got a couple of books um the first book frank and i wrote together which is called city change in prayer and it's about um the 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 year 1993 up to the year 2005 where we gathered all the churches across greater manchester together to pray for the city and some of the amazing miracles that God did as a result of those prayers in changing um, 
Who, where's Deborah? Who's saying that she wants to set up a prayer group to pray for Rock Restore? Yeah? I'd like to give you my book. But don't tell Wendy because she doesn't like me giving away books. I hope God blesses you with that. And then um, I've written another book more recently called Rock Your World, Changing Communities for Good. I'm not allowed to give this one away, am I, Wendy? But you can go and buy that from the bookstore if you want it. It's based on the feeding of the 5,000 and how God multiplies what we bring to him. Um, Some people are waiting for miracles to drop out of heaven. Um, God can do that and does do that all the time. But theologically, it's more... Uh, I think, accurate to say that God uses the gifts that we have, the things that we have in our hands. He multiplies our time, the time that we're prepared to give to him. He multiplies the resources that we have, the gifts and the talents that we have, um, and um, just uh, our willingness to serve. And that's where the miracle of multiplication takes place, when we bring what we have to him. So that's the Rock Your World book. Um, And I just want to share with you from a couple of passages of scripture that have inspired us along the years of um, being involved in reaching out to communities, which is about 20 years now, starting with prayer, seven years of prayer to change the spiritual atmosphere over the city. And I haven't got time to unpack all the things that happened in those seven years of prayer, but you can read about it, but how really um, powerfully uh, God, when we pray, God changes us. Um, God um, puts things on our hearts so that we can be the answers to our own prayers, and we can then, as we're praying about homelessness, or, or as we're praying about debt, or as we're praying about family breakdown, or um, youth antisocial behavior, youth boredom, or youth peer group pressure, and all these kinds of issues that we read in our newspapers. As we pray, God puts on our hearts um, to be the answer to our prayers and gets us together to talk about what we can do to reach out into those situations. So it all starts with prayer. Um, But a couple of passages of scripture that have really um, influenced me and influenced us as a a rock team. Um, The first one that will probably come up on the screen is Luke from Luke chapter 5. And I just want to just look at it briefly together so that we can um, just get, actually just bring a couple of principles out of this passage. It it, it will it will say a lot more to to us all collectively as we read it than the the couple of things that I want to highlight today. But obviously, you can study it in your own time. So Luke chapter five verses one to eleven. So it was as the multitude pressed around him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from there and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have already worked all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, so much so that their nets were breaking. 
So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the miraculous catch of fish which they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. And that's one of the passages I just want to use today to um, bring a couple of ideas and thoughts about how can we and how can you as a limb Baptist Church and your home groups and your communities here. Do you have home groups or cell groups or life groups? Home groups. Home groups. How can you get together and think? Um, how, does this imp- how does this passage of scripture inspire us to, to go out there and, and make a difference in community? Now, we all know what it's like to work hard at something, or I certainly do, and achieve very little. How many Um, If we just think about church illustrations for now, how many missions have we been involved in over the years? You know, we've been Christians for 30-something years, so we remember lots of different outreach things that we've been involved in, lots of different things that we've done as church, and we feel that we've worked really hard and not really seen um, much results. Um, and, And that's how the disciples are feeling on this day. They've been out fishing and it's what they do and they've caught nothing. They're feeling quite discouraged, feeling demoralized. Um, And Jesus comes and said, I want you to go out again, which must have been a little bit um, at one level irritating, um, at best um, annoying. (laughs) And Jesus wants them to go out again and do something that they've been through. Um, what well, they haven't uh, they haven't caught anything, but somehow when Jesus speaks to us, when Jesus puts a vision on our hearts, something changes and it's different. And I want to say that in order for us to be effective at really reaching out to community today, we probably have to do things differently to how we've done them before. And I'm sure this is something that you've all embraced as a church. Um, I love a story of a a senior minister at a church in America. And um, this church was a middle-class, wealthy uh, church within the Bible Belt. And nothing much had changed over the years. Uh, People sat in the same seats every Sunday. I don't know whether any of you do that. Um, And um, one day, a group within the church had been praying, and they decided to do an outreach in the town centre. And one of the street girls became a Christian. And um, the following Sunday, she arrived at church. She'd been invited, and she sat in the seats that were reserved for a a family who had come to the church for 20-odd years, who always sat in the same seats. When they walked in, their seats had been taken, and they were quite upset and put out about it. Sure, we wouldn't be like that. Um, And then the following week, um, some of the homeless community um, became, uh, were, um, were, were befriended by this home group, and they were brought along. 
and the church started to get quite disrupted. It wasn't, it wasn't business as usual on a Sunday. And a posse of people, as often happens, Frank and I have been in the ministry for a long time, when people are not happy with things, they go to see the pastor. Pastor, we'd like to make an appointment to see you. Hardly ever go to see the pastor, by the way, when we like what he's done or we're encouraged or what she's done to say thank you. Please do that, by the way, because you, you'll get the, you'll get the, the, the right person if you really get behind and pray for them and encourage them. Anyway, they went to see, complained about the disruption. And I love what he said to them. He said, if this new strategy doesn't work, we'll go back to what wasn't working before. And I love that because what it is, is we have to be, we have to refresh our programs. We have to think, yes, this was working five years ago. It was really blessed of God and thriving and anointed and whatever language we want to use. But today it's got a bit stale. Now let's think about some new innovative ways of reaching out to our communities. What does that look like? So I think that passage brings that out. But the main thing that I want to bring out is verse 7. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat. And this is one that I could just hop up and down with excitement about this verse. When I first saw this verse and saw this particular application, I got so, so excited Because for me, what it's about is um, creating partnerships which leads to transformation in our community. Who are in, who for you is in that other boat? Now for us as Rock, we felt God calling us to set up a partnership with Greater Manchester Police. People thought I was crackers, actually. It was in 2004. We, 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 well, in, 2000, in, in, in 1998, we had a prayer meeting to pray for the police. That's where it all got birthed in me, this passion. Not that the police were, I don't know whether there are any police officers in here. Give us a wave. I'm going to say something nice about you. Um, maybe not. But not that there was anything more special about police than about retailers or business people or medics or teachers or anything else. It was just, they were gatekeepers within the community. God knew that setting that partnership up with the police was going to open up many, many other partnerships. So at that time, they were the other boat in the water for me. And as I started to make a partnership with the police, I would say to them, what can church do to support uh, some of the things that you're experiencing out on the streets. What is happening? You see, the police know what's happening behind doors. They know about um, what's going on, say, with things like d- issues of domestic violence. They know about youth antisocial behavior. They know um, about some of the social issues that are happening in our community. So a partnership with the police became really, really fruitful. So I want to encourage you that the other boat is not necessarily filled with born-again, charismatic, believing Christians, by the way. Um, The Bible talks in the New Testament about the person of peace. Go into a, um, a city or go into a community and ask God to show you who that person of peace is. And that person of peace begins to open up doors. So that could be the mayor. That could be the the chief executive of the council. That could be the the police, the the chief uh, constable. That could be the fire officer. And as we begin dialogue with those people that are in the other boats, 
I call it miraculous partnerships. We've got miraculous uh, catch of fish, but these miraculous partnerships is what enables you to really make the most of the miracle because all those fish would have been lost if it was just one boat in the water. Who are the other boats in Lim? Who are the other boats within the, the workplace where you are, the places that God's put on your heart? Who is God opening up a door for a strategic partnership that could then... Does that make sense? And I, and I think that's really exciting to begin to pray about. So we've, we've got Sir Peter Farhi now, the Chief Constable of Manchester. He's on our National Steering Group of Rock. Um, we've got all sorts of people that we've... Um, really work with over the years that have opened up those doors. Now, the other passage of scripture that I just want to bring very quickly is the feeding of the 5,000, and you, you'll know it well. I won't read it all, but you can find one of the versions in Luke chapter 9, verses 10 to 17. And um, this is all about Jesus again with his t- disciples. Um, and, and as I said to you before, it's all about that that young boy bringing his fish and his loaves, his pat lunch, and Jesus then praying over that and multiplying it. But look at verse 13 of Luke chapter 9. He said to the disciples, you give them something to eat. And I think that, again, is a key verse for us today when it comes to community transformation. We look at the need, and the need in this case is people are hungry, people are tired, people need food. The disciples think, like we all think, if you need food, you go to the shops and buy food. That's the logical thing to do. Uh, But Jesus says, you give them something to eat because he's trying to teach them that they should be participating in the miracle. And if they, were, if they were to pray and if they were to seek God, God would show them how to deal with that particular need on that day. So for us, we start with, in rock, what is the need? And if you want a, if you want a kind of a strategy or a plan to, um, uh, to help you with your thinking and praying already towards what does this community outreach look like for Lim? I would encourage you to start with the needs. So I've just got a few quick slides and illustrations to show you just to, to bring it and unpack it a little bit. Um, if, you are, if you're on Twitter, we've got a, a, twi- a Twitter address called We Are Rock, and there's lots of um, sort of interesting and exciting ideas being shown there. So we'll just quickly go through these slides, and then I want Frank to come up and share a little bit about our most recent situation with the Fuse. So we were established as a charity in 2004. And then we've got 150 projects nationally. It started in Manchester. We've actually got 172, but we haven't managed to update our PowerPoint very quickly. Um, this is where our projects are. In the, in the orange is our active projects, and then in the green... Uh, sorry, green is active projects and orange is where we've got inquiries, which we're looking at helping those places to plan. 
uh, projects at the moment. Um, and as I said before, as in the feeding of the 5,000, it all starts with the need. And the miraculous partnerships work hand in hand with this because in order for you to find out the need, you have to go to certain key people within the community to ask them some questions. So just let me give you some examples of some of the needs in the UK right now. Uh, five million people over the age of 65 say that TV is their only company and they feel lonely most of the time. That's a pretty um, harrowing statistic, isn't it? 50% of um, adolescent crime is committed by children under the age of 15. Of often there are family factors and other factors uh, around why that is happening. 40% of unemployed people are under the age of 25. We're looking at how we can develop various projects to do with youth unemployment at the moment within Rock. Uh, suicide is still the most common form of death on, uh, of men under the age of 35. And family breakdown costs the taxpayer £22 billion a year. So here's a few of our projects. Sorry, I'm supposed to be doing the clicker, but you're kindly doing it for me. Thank you very much. The Rock Cafe. We've got Rock Restore. I think, if, uh, Deborah, you're involved it's, uh, in Rock Restore. Is anybody else involved in Rock Restore in this church? You can ask Deborah about that, Restorative Justice Project. We've got Rock Football, Rock Rugby, Rock Wrestling, a few different sports-related things. Rock Families. And then I'll just show you a few of the... Oh, oh we did have a photo of the fuse. Frank's going to tell you about this. Does anybody know where the fuse is in Partington? Have you passed it? About half of you. If you haven't been there, you'd be very welcome to come. It's only a couple of miles away from here. That's our new headquarters. We were given it on a 22-year rent-free lease by the um, government because it had closed and gone into um, liquid liquidation. And we're going to be developing it as a project. And Frank will tell you a little bit more about that in a minute. The Rock Cafe, it's not a tea and coffee drinking cafe. It's a youth club. Maybe it could be suitable to have one in Lim. Um, the boy on the front in the blue shirt said the Rock Cafe is the living room I don't have at home. And that's one of the reasons why we do the work we do. We've got 27 Rock Cafes now uh, with about... Um, Two or three thousand young people attending. All of, nearly all of them are unchurched. And that boy's father was in prison, and he was set to going in the same direction. Um, the police officer, officer standing behind him is PCSO John Gallagher. He turns up at the Rock Cafe and plays pool with the young people, which we have at all of our projects. We have fire officers and police officers as part of the volunteer team. And he's made best friends with that young boy, and now that young boy wants to become a police officer. I'm really, really excited about the rock cafe that we have at the Fuse. Um, had 190 people on the first night. We were a bit overwhelmed. We found it a bit difficult to cope. Um, we've got 22 volunteers who are all working really hard to develop those young people. Um, so that's the rock cafe. The Salford Rock Cafe, which is in Winton, was in the Manchester Evening News a few weeks ago. They've had a 90% reduction in antisocial behaviour since they opened the Rock Cafe. It's a partnership between the church, there you see Father Ian Hall at the front, St Mary's Magdalene Church, City West Housing Association, 
who pay for it, so it doesn't cost the church any money, which I like. It's like the other boat in the water and the police. And so that just shows you how that partnership arrangement works that I was talking about before. Rock Care is looking at meeting the needs of people who are older in life. There's Bernard. His wife died about a year ago, and he just wasn't getting out. So now he gets a visit every week, and he gets um, to go to the lunch events. That was started by St. Chad's Church in Romilly, Rock Care. And there's Rock Restore, which is a restorative justice project helping to repair um, the damage done by low-level crime and uh, neighbourhood disputes by bringing the perpetrator together with the victim and trying to get um, a resolution and a reconciliation uh, before the court system is involved, which um, we're really excited about, the Rock Restore, but I haven't got time to tell you about it, but you can find out more if you have a look at our website. And the most important thing is once you've identified the need and you've brought the project together is the impact um, and the impact is all of the things that we've been talking about. We can just show you with the 90% reduction in antisocial behaviour, uh, £300,000 cost saving to the community purse, just because since the Rock Cafe opened in a place called Breitmer in Bolton, they've had 32 fewer nuisance fires, because the fire officers are coming down, spending time with young people, playing pool, table tennis... Um, now the young people, instead of throwing bricks at the fire, stage, uh, fire engines and throwing uh, you know, fuel through people's uh, letterboxes, they stopped doing it and the fewer nuisance fires have really transformed that community. And the most important thing is changed lives um, because when we do the things that God is calling us to do, when we do the thing that God puts on our hearts, it's a bit like bringing your, your loaves and your fish before Jesus to multiply. He takes what you bring to him and he uses it for the good of the community. And I just want to encourage you, it's not all about big ideas. Um, I'll finish with a story before I hand over to Frank. I was in the office the other day and my colleague, Lawrence, his phone kept ringing, but he was in a meeting. And so I went across and answered his phone. And a lady said, oh, um, I'm just ringing from Stroud. And um, she, uh, she said, uh, a lady called Cheryl, an older lady, and she said, um, my husband saw Deborah's book, Rock Your World. She didn't know she was speaking to me. Um, on Amazon, on special offer. So he bought, she bought it for the home group, and we've been studying it every week. And we've been praying about what ideas could God give us for Stroud. She said, the trouble is, it's not Manchester. It's not, um, we've not really got high antisocial behavior or knife crime or anything like that. We, we just want to bless our community. Um, she said, is it okay if we do rock? And I said, yeah, that would be really good. And then in the end, I said, actually, I'm Deborah, and you've really encouraged me today because I didn't know anybody was reading the book. And um, now this lady has booked for five people to come to the Rock Your World conference in June. 
And she started to do walks, organized walks in her community. And uh, there was 35 people came on the first walk. And she, she just discounted it as an idea because she didn't think it was a really high impact thing. But it was just something simple that she could do. And the whole community is started to she's just run up just organized a coffee morning coffee and cakes so it's just simple ideas but she's reaching out to people in her community to change lives so do uh, thank you so much for your partnership i'm sure there's things that we can do together um frank just come and tell us a little bit about the fuse and then we'll hand back to john thank you <coughs> thank you deborah um thank you everyone for your attention and for your invitation this morning um, I've been really struck during this service. There's a phrase that's been used a lot, well, a word, um, and a phrase of three words, which uh, are on the lips of Jesus probably as a theme more than any other theme in the, in the Gospels. I wonder if you know what that is. It's, we've been singing about it, been talking about it. Now Deborah's been encapsulating it. Um, it's the most important thing for us to think about as Christians. It's the kingdom, the kingdom of God. And I'm excited about that. And I can tell looking at some of you, even though you're being very British and sitting in rows, very middle-class British people, we are excited about these things, aren't we? I can tell because some of you, part of your lips are beginning to curl at one side. Some of you, both sides are curling. And it, that, I mean, isn't it great when you hear stories of people who have no idea what substitutionary atonement means and probably will never ask that question. They love the fact that there are people who've got energy and compassion and time to give to their community. And, and, and these people will happily partner with you regardless of you know whether you believe in post-millennial or pre-millennial or amillennial things. So one, of the, the reasons, one of the reasons it excites me a lot is because I... Being involved in discussions about churchy things a lot, as you can imagine. I've been a pastor for 20-something years. Uh, I escaped that about seven years ago and, and became a normal person again, which has been liberating in many ways. And I've actually had more real conversations with people about Christ uh, or even just spiritual things since I just, you know, took the collar off. I actually never wore a collar. I don't know why I said that. But it's exciting to be involved in discussions with people who... What we've discovered is they have the same ambitions for their neighbors and friends, and they have the same aspirations for their communities as we do. And it's all coinciding. It happens to be what's on God's heart. God wants to see our communities becoming even kinder and safer and stronger than they already are. And praise God, some of our communities are fantastic, aren't they? And, and some of them have got, got a long way to go. Um, so I'm really, really excited about the kingdom of God, and it's great to, to, to be in a church that believes the same sort of things. It's not about our differences from other churches. It's about what we've got in common with other people in the community and how can we make things even better. Now, I'm a glass-half-empty person. Deborah normally mentioned that by now, but she didn't today. Hands up if you're a glass-half-empty person. Come on, own up. It's all right. It's, you're in good company. Hands up if you're a Deborah type glass-half-full my, yeah, your cup is running over even, never mind half full. Um, the, I'll tell you a story. A, a couple of years ago, three years ago, <coughs> Deborah was leading her charity, which was growing. I was working for the Message Trust um, and helping Deborah in my spare time. I've always been a champion of, of w what work that Deborah's done. 
with redeeming our communities. I've been on this national steering group and done, done all I can for years and years. And uh, watching things grow and expand in a tiny little office in Sharston, Andy Hawthorne kindly gave Deborah and her team free rent, rent-free space for, for years and years. But Deborah was saying, you know, Frank Rock's growing and we need a bigger place. We need to, and she'd be getting estate agents to send her information about different um, office spaces that were available. And every now and then something unusual would happen, like somebody would say, we believe this is for you. And Deborah would say to me, I really believe this is of God. There's this building in Didsbury and we're going to go and look at it and we're going to pray. We really believe that God's opening the door for us. And and, and I was always a bit sceptical because I'd say to her, Deborah, do you realize what's going to happen? You're going to move into a place where you have to pay rent, you have to pay rates, you have to pay maintenance, insurance. Uh, you, when the phone rings, when somebody's broken a window, guess who's going to have to go out in the middle of the night because the alarm's ringing, all those sort of things. But faithfully, as a good husband, supported her, went along, looked at these so-called God opportunities and tried my best to steer, steer her away from them because of the practical problems. Um, and one of them was, uh, oh, no, the next one was um, Whitaker's Fish Bar in Cheadle Hume. There was a, an empty office above that and somebody knew the, the owner of it and we went to see it, and it stank of fat. And, and you can imagine bringing your visitors up these back stairs. And there was just a whole series of these things. And then one day, um, about a year ago, Deborah said, I've just had a call from the cabinet office. And the reason I'm telling you this story is to encourage you that God does miracles that even a glass-half-empty person has to step back at times and say, this is one of those miracles that you know I cannot explain. Deborah tells the story, said, David Cameron phoned me up, and he didn't at all. It was just his cabinet office, <laughs> which she usually goes on to say. And there's this building near you in Manchester, which has been shut for a year. You know the whole, I think you know the story. It was built four or five years ago, five and a half million pounds of government money. 96 of these centers all across the country, uh, 95 of them doing all right. But this one, for some reason, hadn't worked and had been shut for a year. Will you go and have a look at it? Uh, Deborah told me about it. Even showed me some pictures. I said, yeah, it looks great. How much is that going to cost to run? Imagine that. It's 20,000 square feet or something. Yeah, it's going to cost about £100,000 a year just to pay electricity and gas. Where are you going to get that from? Please, will you come and look at it with me? All right, I'll come and look at it with you. But I can tell you now, it'll be another one of those wild goose chases. It won't be one of those God things. Well, I have to admit that I, I was very, very wrong. The moment I got out of the car and walked down the pathway to the fuse, I thought, wow, imagine if you could possibly have your National HQ in a place like this. And what a difference you could make in a community like Partington if, if you could bring your expertise and your resources and your compassion and your networks to, 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 to gather some volunteers and deliver rock cafes and rock care and rock restore. And um, so all I'm saying is, first of all, I repent of my negativity. And uh, I want to encourage you that God still does do mighty, mighty miracles today. Where are we going to get? I mean, the turnover of the charity was only about twice what the cost of running that center was going to be. Where are we going to get that money from? Well, the Lord has begun to provide for that. And thank you, as Deborah said, for your gift partners all over the country becoming financially partnering with us. And, and that's, that's really helping. We've been able to have some conferences there, some training sessions. We've, uh, we're renting out the five-a-side pitch, £35 an hour. Still got some slots available, by the way. 
And, and bit by bit, we're, we're hitting our financial targets. So, so God's providing in that respect. But perhaps the most important and most exciting thing is the people that God has brought, in, in, uh, brought our way. There's, I'll tell you briefly about three people, young, three uh, young men, Jake, Simon, and Greg. Uh, all three of them live in Partington. All three of them are committed Christians. All three of them are now on our staff um, because of all sorts of miraculous things that happened. And each of them is an absolute gift from God. They have all the gifts that we need, technical, practical things. Things are going wrong. There's a leak in the roof. There's a broken window. There's a sink that's dripping. Uh, Technical things. We had no idea how to operate the building management system, which is all computerized. And people came to show us how they used to run it before, but... There were things that we didn't understand. How do you get the phones working? You could just imagine, but bit by bit, because of the people that God brought to us, we've been able to get the fuse up and running. I'm going to stop because I'm running out of time, but I'm so excited in a British sort of middle-class way (laughs) about not only what God has done and is doing at the fuse, but what can happen as we go forward. I'm longing for the day where we have to write another book, and, and I've never said that before because writing books is hard work. We've written three together, and every time we finished one, uh, I had actually had to do the lion's share of the writing and the editing, and at the end of each one, I've sunk into a heap after a few months of hard work and said, never, ever again. But I'm looking forward to the day where we write the next chapter of what God Almighty is doing by the power of his Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the earth, what we can say in a few years' time, what God has done for his glory through that amazing building and the relationships and the partnerships and the impact and the changed lives, all for his great glory so that we can say the kingdom of God is advancing on the earth. Isn't that the most exciting thing to be part of? The kingdom of God advancing on the earth, the rule of God. That's what the kingdom is. I'll get theological in a second. It's about God being in charge of people's lives. It's not about land or turf or territory or armies or buildings or castles. It's about the rule of God. People whose lives are surrendered to Jesus, that's the kingdom and that's how it grows. That's how it advances. It's not like an earthly kingdom that gets built. It's a kingdom that comes, it says in the Bible, and it advances and it grows for his glory. And it's just great to be part of that. And thank you to you for being partners with us in the gospel in that way. So I think I need to finish by asking you, if, if you haven't already done so, could you please sign up to receive our weekly uh, email, Rock Your World. Just need your email address. And uh, come and see us at the stand. Please don't buy that discounted book from Amazon. That wouldn't be a blessing. You can come and buy it this morning from us. Thank you for your attention. God bless you. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, Deborah. I actually really fo- strongly feel right now that, that people being quite stirred up this morning. Um, Some blank faces, so maybe not. Um, But uh, I think it's really important that we give space, just a moment, to allow God to stir in us if he wants to. So let's just take a moment in quiet, because I really think that God by spirit is just maybe putting some ideas in your heart and your minds. Maybe it's just exciting you about what can be achieved and what you can achieve through him. Maybe he's challenging you about how can you give more? How can you give? You, you bring, Jesus said, uh, will you go and feed them? And may, maybe God is challenging you how you can go. 
and be the answer to your prayers and how you can use the gifts that you've got to greater effect. Maybe God's stirring you even to lay some stuff down and make time and space to serve and bless. I gave up my job five years ago so I could serve God in a new way. And maybe, maybe God's even calling you to something to that extent. But I really feel that, that God is stirring some people this morning. So let's just give some space for that. Lord God, just come by your Holy Spirit, Lord. We, you are a living God. You're a relational God. And you want to, to meet with us and speak to us and move within us by your Spirit. You want to give us vision. You want to give us ideas. You want to call us and use us. Lord, you want to draw out the gifts within us for the sake of your kingdom. Uh, and Lord, I just pray now, Holy Spirit, come into this place, well up within us, and shape our hearts, shape our minds, shape our ideas, and just speak to us, Lord. Let's just have a moment of quiet and allow the Lord to move.